Do you find yourself dreaming of owning your own baking business? Then you're in the right place. Hey, I'm Lauren, the host here at the Sugar Coated Dreams podcast. I'll be your guide through this fun world where sugar, entrepreneurship, and passion all collide. So grab your cup of coffee or your glass of wine and sit back and hear stories of wonderful entrepreneurs in the baking industry. Let the laughing begin. (laughs) You have tuned in to this week's episode of the Sugar Coated Dreams podcast. And man, do I have a fun guest. We've been in the background talking and laughing for about 10 minutes. And finally, I decided we probably ought to turn the record feature on. So (laughs) without further ado, I would like to introduce you to Coach Chef Kim who was the highlight, I mean, the highlight of Cookie Con, if any of you all went. She has an amazing story and talk about inspirational, Kim. So why don't you just introduce yourself and just tell whatever you want to tell. And I'm just going to sit back and listen because you are a great speaker. (laughs) Okay, that works. So again, as I stated, I am Coach Chef Kim, um, and yes, that is my full title because I am an actual coach. I'm a transformational life coach. Um, I specialize in helping women entrepreneurs live the life of their wildest dreams, not just the life of your dreams. You must be delusional in order to work with me. So we live the <laughs> life of our wildest dreams. Um, I am a chef. I went to a court on blue. 12 years ago at this point um, and had a really, really wonderful, rewarding career as a pastry chef. Um, I had a very, very large celebrity clientele in Atlanta. Wow. Yeah, it was huge. Um, And a lot of times I didn't know who they were. Like I didn't know who who the people were. Um, And I actually journeyed into cookies because one of my clients who I, she had done three orders, we had never met. Mm-hmm. And like somebody else was always picking up for her or I dropped it off at the venue. Like we had never met. And then um, she, her husband came home. She introduced me to him and he was like, can you make cookie baskets? And I was like, sure. Yeah. You know, you never tell somebody. Right. Inside you're thinking, no, I can. I know I can. How am I going to? How am I going to? (laughs) How do do I do that? I have no idea. And so I remember just like sending a text message to one of my friends and I was like, hey, we need to build a cookie business today. And, (laughs) And she was like, what? And so I was like, I don't know. I don't know any details. This man just out of the blue just asked me if I could make cookie baskets. Um, And then he gave me his business card and he was the CFO of the Arthur Blank Foundation. Wow. Which is like the Atlanta Falcons, our new stadium, our hockey team, like all the things. What do you mean you're the CFO? I had no idea. I had been doing orders for these people for years and had no idea who they were. And within two weeks, we built an entire cookie business. Um, (laughs) We came up with all sorts of platters and things to do. And I was like really in the thick of it. Um, And I was like, this is it. Like I found that thing that like fuels me. And this is what we're going to (laughs) do. And I went through the process. I went through several entrepreneurship programs, like in person in Atlanta. And then The day that my business plan, all 36 pages of it, was finally approved was the day before COVID happened. Oh, no. (laughs) Hey, I have a question before we get into that because I'm curious. Whenever you would make desserts for Uh famous people, were you contacted by somebody like out of New York? Because the reason I ask that is years ago, I got a phone call from someone in New York City wanting to know if I could make them cookies. And I thought, do you know where I live? I live in Kentucky. And they said, no, our client is in Kentucky. I'm like, okay, that sounds good to me. Well, it was for the UK women's basketball coach. And I delivered them 
to their home. But it was so funny because I thought, you know, you could you could have just called me directly yeah. and said, I, I would have been glad to make you cookies. I think people feel more important when someone else makes that call for them. <laughs> yeah. And and so for me, people couldn't call me. So as as approachable as I am now, I have not always been this way. Uh-huh. So I was a business owner that I was like, I'm a creative. Like I'm not a people person. And I I live- can't imagine that. I cannot imagine that. It's been a journey for the last three <laughs> years of my life to be a people person. And I was just like, no. So you there was no phone number. Like there was no way for you to call me. Okay. So people could Google me. I was completely word of mouth. Um, but a lot of event planners knew who I was. So okay. that's kind of like my end to things was that I did a lot of bridal shows or, um, and then event planners would tell each other about me. Right. So I was like this secret, but like <laughs> within the celebrities that's and awesome. so they would just have to like fill out the form on my website. Okay. So there was no calling. And then some of them would put, can you call me? And then I would make my assistant call them. Uh-huh. I didn't want to talk to people ever. I did not want to talk. And I was just Boy, like, times have changed, right? I gave out more hugs at Cookie Con than I think I've given out in my entire life. I was just like, this is a lot of peopling, but it didn't drain me of energy. It was so much fun. So talking about times changing, I totally interrupted you when you said about how this happened with your business plan. Yeah. The day before COVID. The day before COVID, Friday the 13th, March, Friday, 13th, 2020. I will literally never forget it. I walked out of the office at 1114 a.m. and my kids were in the car and I was like, we got it. Like, this is it. We're opening the bakery. It's a thing. And then I remember in the phone call Saturday morning at like 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And it was Kroger, like the grocery store was calling to tell me that my order pickup had been canceled. And I was like, why? (laughs) What do you mean? I have to teach kids. I was teaching um, kids at a cooking school. And I was like, but like, I have class at 9 a.m. Like, what do you mean? It's been, and I had not listened to the news. I did not know what was happening. So I went to the grocery store to pick up the stuff and the lines were out the door. Hmm. And I was like, what's? happening and so it still hadn't dawned on me to like listen to the news (laughs) and I was just like I don't know what's going on but people are losing their minds maybe it's about to rain or in Georgia we get random snow in March right so I figure maybe it's gonna snow this week yes no had absolutely no idea we were in the middle of a global pandemic and everything was shutting down Mm mm-hmm so it was it, it was definitely interesting to go through that, um, you know, where they're like, give it two weeks. We'll pick this up in two weeks. Give it two months. G- give it six months. <laughs> don't really know what's going to happen. Right. And it, it definitely took two years. Um, but by that point, my entire life had changed. Right. And I no longer that was no longer aligned. Mm-hmm. Like having the bakery, like nothing in me wanted a bakery anymore right and I was like, well I guess we're doing something else with ourselves uh-huh. <laughs> and within that time I had gone back to school twice I took like an entrepreneur class at Cornell mm-hmm. um, which was incredible and on the first day of class the lady was like if you work a business and you get hurt um and no one else can keep running your business you don't have a business you mm-hmm. have a glorified hobby and I was like, that's rude. But it started <laughs> me thinking, like, well, what would happen if, God forbid, I ever get hurt and can't right. do business? And so that's when I started diversifying my income. That happened really quickly. Like, we didn't have to think about it. Yes. Um, and I was like, let me figure out something else. So I started looking into photography. And that's when I learned that you could, like, sell recipes to bloggers. And I was like this is weird. I didn't know this was a thing. (laughs) And two months after the ladies, she said this and this happened right around my 40th birthday, almost three years ago. Mm -hmm. Because my birthday is tomorrow. Oh, (laughs) thank you. This was right at my 40th birthday when this lady says this. And two months later, 
was when I ended up in a doctor's office and she told me to close my business immediately. I couldn't believe. Yes. When you said that. It blew my entire mind to like wake up Thanksgiving morning and to feel perfectly fine. And by the time my turkey was done, like just in that what four to five hours of mm-hmm. cooking the turkey, my body stopped working. Like my hands didn't work. I couldn't turn a doorknob. I couldn't dress myself. Like my kids had to help me get undressed that night. And I still had a wedding to do that weekend. I had an order for the Real Housewives of Atlanta. I was like, I still have to work. That must have been so incredibly scary. It was terrifying. I think the biggest piece for me was it was one of those things where people were like, you're being dramatic. And I was like, "Mm, I'm really not being, I literally cannot open a door. And that was, you know, you have those moments in life where you're like, okay, I understand who's in my life and who won't be in my life going forward. Right. That was a hard stop for me. Anyone who was kind of like, are you sure? You can't yes. be, they're no longer in my life. So right. I was, <laughs> you're out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, because I'm like legit hurting. Well, I wasn't, yes. I didn't feel anything. It was almost like I was just numb. And I was like, well, these people don't need to be in my life anymore. So we let them go. And throughout the process of physical therapy for seven months. Mm-hmm. And then I also went to therapy because I decided we were getting a divorce during that same period. And so to go through physical therapy as well as therapy Mm -hmm. and get divorced. And now I have to figure out what my next career is going to be all at one time. That's a lot. That's a lot. But it was also the most profitable time of my life. Like I made $30,000 in the first 90 days of 2021 and was like, happening like what is this (laughs) you know kim don't you think shakeups are never fun they're not when you're experiencing the shakeup yeah but sometimes the fruit that they can bear is incredible it's because you you have no choice but to to um do what you've wanted to do out of necessity and not that we, what you went through was worth that or what anybody goes through, but, but I think it's, it's not fun. Fun isn't the right word, but sometimes when you look back on your difficult times in life, you have a little bit of appreciation for a little bit of it because it makes you into the person that you are today. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I'm overly grateful for the entire process. And I'm like, I don't know, like I'm an only child. And so I'm like the kid that everybody was kind of like, you get whatever you want, like all the time. Like I grew up with that type of thing. Uh-huh. And so my mother is always like, you're really hard headed. And like, you have to learn hard lessons. And I was like, this was probably the hardest lesson I ever had to learn in my life. However, it changed everything about me fundamentally. So like when I say I was not a people person, I was not a people person. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want you talking to me. Like I would put on Chef Kimmy Who, because that was my stage name pre-COVID. I would put it on at a conference and I knew how to like fake it. Right. And I was, but I will always be depleted of energy mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Like, I would just be like, oh, like that was a lie. Or right. if we were, if they were like, you know, when you deliver this cake, be camera ready. And I'm like, great. So I have to be fake on TV. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Got it. But I would always need to like sleep like a really long time afterwards. Mm-hmm. And going through this process completely made me change how I look at life. So I'm not doing anything I don't want to do, which is why, you know, there's the real that's like, how do you do all the things you want to do? If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Right. You know, once I adopted this policy, that means everything that I say yes to is something I want to do. So there is no depletion. Right. At the end of Cookie Con, was I tired? Of course, I had to stand up on my feet. Right, eight nine hours that day. Right, but I still wasn't. I wasn't drained. 
Like I right. was still full of energy. My feet were hurting, but I was like, this is so cool. And if I can like figure out how to make this my life, then this is what I'm going to do. Like right. <laughs> this, is, this is the career path that I think I want to have now. Right. And my daughter was looking at me like, who are you? Well, you know, my favorite thing, Kim, during your speech, besides listening to you, because it was just fantastic, was watching your daughter and watching the reaction that she had was priceless. You know, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And she's both of my kids typically go everywhere with me, but my son is getting ready to open a show next week. So he's in Boston. Um, But they're just kind of like, eh. You do this all the time. You know, they're, they're just like not really impressed with me. And this time when they were talking about it, like he's like, give me the play by play. What happened today? And she's like, mommy's a different person. I, <laughs> she was like hugging people and like taking pictures. And like, she wasn't like, get these people away from me. Nothing. And That's I was awesome. like, you were was, in your element. I was. And it didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like I had to put on. Right. For people, like I just showed up in myself. Yes. And honestly, it wasn't on purpose. I think that because Thursday night, I didn't get the memo that I was going to have to be on the stage in front of everybody uh-huh. Thursday night. And I like literally, like we drove in Thursday. And once I got there, it was like on the ground running. Like mm-hmm. they were like, meet us in this room in 15 minutes. There's things you have to do. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I was like, well, I'm gonna go take a nap. I'm gonna take a shower. And then I'm gonna come downstairs for opening. And I was in sweatpants and a t-shirt. Every other no t-shirt. Was I like, don't even yeah. remember that. I don't even remember that. So. No, I don't know that anybody else was paying attention other than me because I was like, I literally have a dress in my room right now. (laughs) I really could have, I could have just spruced it up a little bit. Yeah. As they read my bio. It was impressive, Kim. I mean, wow. I was watching the faces of people in the audience and it was almost like this whole wave of people went, whoa. (laughs) And I was like, in this moment, it doesn't matter that I'm the only person on this stage in sweatpants and a t-shirt. That's right. It doesn't matter. Like it literally doesn't matter because now people understand that my value is not wrapped up in the outward appearance. That's right. And that was like one, cause I was, I was feeling really self-conscious going up on the stage. And then once people's faces were like, Whoa, I was (laughs) like, Oh, Okay, well, we're not going to be self-conscious about this. And right. I said the same thing Friday morning. Like, I wrote my presentation at 7 a.m. And the first class was at 9. Good for you. I, like, I hadn't planned it out. I was like, whatever happens, happens. And right. each class was a little different. So, like, depending on, like, you know, everybody has a different story from their class. And I was like, so if I'm just me, it's yeah. enough. You know, that's why I said good for you, because I think sometimes if you're so overprepared for things, it comes off as not being genuine. And if you, you, for me anyway, if I'm more off the cuff, then it's me. And so I never prepare like I should, quite honestly. But then people get me. They don't get this written out script that I've done. And then I was like, and I said, and I don't want to get bored because I knew I had to repeat this presentation six times right six times and I was like I don't want to get bored and I was like by the end of the day I don't want people to be like because I know at one point I said did I tell y'all this story and (laughs) people were like no and I was like maybe that was the last class okay so here's the story because then you're like I've said this six times right what have I said and what haven't I said yes so I was like okay how do we make sure this works and I just put pictures in my presentation and I knew the pictures would spark the stories. Yes. So that was like the easiest way for me to deliver. So talking about stories, Kim, I want to know how you very first were interested in baking. Did, was your mom a baker? Was your grandmother? How did that come about that you even went to culinary school? Yeah. So I think culinary school was definitely a shock. Um, But I come from a family of bakers, cookers, mm-hmm. like everybody in my family can hold their own in the kitchen. Okay. My grandmother was definitely like the favorite. 
like at church, like Christmas time. Oh my God. At Christmas, people just knew my grandmother was going to have a pound cake. It does not matter when you went to visit her. There was a fresh pound cake in her house. Yum. Ma'am, how many pound cakes did you make a week? We still don't know. (laughs) But like whenever people would just drop by, there was always pound cake. And then during Christmas, she had a cookie that she made. She was the head of the cafeteria at an elementary school here. And every Christmas, these kids got what was called a Grove Park cookie. Uh And when my grandmother passed, I was... I think that was the year I turned 18 or 19. Um, I was the only person, like I'm the one who did the recipe for Christmas. And so even though all of the grandkids, I'm also the oldest granddaughter. There are five boys ahead of me. And then I was the first girl. So naturally I was in the kitchen. Right. Um, (laughs) I made this cookie and nobody else could get it right. Like nobody, nobody else could get it. Uh And so that became my thing. So now I'm the one who has to make this cookie every Christmas, only during Christmas. That's no so other special. It is. And I don't sell it. I never sold it. So even through the 10 years that I was running a bakery, I never sold it. It would always just be a gift or it would be like, you know, here's a treat or whatever. And people were like, why? Why don't you like this is delicious. Why are you not selling it? And I said, because my grandmother never sold it. She made thousands every Christmas and just gave it away. And That's so nice. that is how the business itself started. So it was during Christmas. Um, and my children, I think between the two of them that year, they had like 13 teachers. And I was like, who can afford to get 13 <laughs> teacher gifts? Right. Like, How is this going to work? And so I was like, well, Cookie. I can spend like, you know, $30 on some supplies and make stuff. Right. And I did. So every teacher got a platter of cookies a variety of them, um, brownies, you know, little things, slices of cake. And that was just their gift. And then when we got back to school, they were like, how do we place an order? And I was like, for what? <laughs> and they were like, that tray that I took home for Christmas break, people, they loved it. How do I buy this from you? And I was like, I don't have a business. I don't know. And my mother was like, I guess you need to have a business. And so that's when I started going through the process of learning all the things. And I took Wilton classes first. Uh huh. And then um, I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Right. And I had a dream. I was in a little Cordon Bleu commercial. And the next day I went and enrolled. It was just I that am, <laughs> You are my kind of person. That's exactly how I am. Yeah. I just thought I'm going to do something. And the next day I do it. And I'm yeah. hard headed, like you said, you were stubborn. Yeah. And didn't you didn't you say you were stubborn? Yeah, I still am. Yeah, me yeah. too. And and so when I when I set my mind to do something, I just do it. <laughs> yeah. And like I found the um I I saw the email I sent to my mother letting her know that I was going to culinary school yesterday. I was like, mommy, look at how I told you I was going to culinary school. It wasn't it wasn't even like I'm asking your thoughts and your opinions. I was like, hey, listen, so I had a dream that I was in the Cordon Blue commercial last night. And so I went to the school. No, it was two weeks later. I was telling her that school was getting ready to start. I had already enrolled. I already had my books. I already had the uniform. I was like, by the way, I'm going to be a pastry chef. And my mother was like, what? This is who we are. So now she doesn't ask. That sounds like heaven to me. I mean, if I were younger, and I'm not that old, but um, I don't know if I have it in me to go to school again, but man, would I love to go to culinary school. I've thought about it so many times just for the fun of it. I just think it it would be fun. Yeah, it was was definitely fun. It taught me, man, I do learn hard lessons. It taught me lessons. I went into a final exam and I couldn't stand up. And um, like I physically could not stand up. And um, my sciatic nerve had just gone. Oh. Mm-hmm. And my chef was looking at me and he was like, can you stand up? And I was like, I am standing. And he was like, no, you're not. Need you to go straight to somebody's emergency room. <laughs> and I said, I can't. It's finals day. I have to do this final. And so I did the final. I got one thing wrong. I was super pissed. I got a 99. And then he <laughs> was like, please go to the emergency room. And they put me on bed rest for six weeks. Is that right? They were like, what are you doing? 
They're like, what do you do? What do you mean your teacher sent you here? I was like, he said, he said, I shouldn't be bent over like this. So can you like give me something to fix it? And they were like, yeah, bed rest. And I was like, well, that's not going to work because now I'm in my last quarter of culinary school. And so they gave me very strict instructions of like having to sit down mm-hmm. in the kitchen. That not was easy. It, it it was a feat, but we did it. Like everybody in my class was like, if you're going to do this, we're going to help you. And so they would bring stuff to me. They were measuring out wow. stuff. It was, it was the greatest thing. And then by the, by the time that six weeks was over, I could walk again. But yep, I sat down in the kitchen for the last six weeks of culinary school. So tell everybody, Kim, all the degrees that you have, because you have a bunch of them. I do have a lot of them. It's a problem. Um, <laughs> I, okay, so let's see if I can remember them all. I have an undergraduate degree in organizational development. Um, and then I became an event planner. So I have an event planning certification. And then I realized I didn't actually like planning events, but I like making stuff for it. So then that's when I went to culinary school. Then I got a master's degree in education um, because I wanted I knew I wanted to write a textbook. Mm -hmm. And because I was working with kids, one of the things I noticed was there were not baking textbooks. So I was like, well, I'm going to get a degree in education and then maybe that'll teach me how to do it. It did not. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you're young, Kim. That's I I see that in your future. (laughs) Well, I've already written the book. So I wrote the book and published it two years ago. Oh, I didn't realize that. uh, Yeah. Teach me how to bake. It is it is on shelves. So I did write the text. Oh, I didn't know that because of those beautiful pictures you were yes. in the, I, the, I the photography. Yeah. yeah. So that was once I like had the education under my belt, like, okay, here's how you do curriculum. Then I was like, so I learned how to do online curriculum. It wasn't teaching me how to write a book. And I was like, well, that's not cool. So I started an online academy. So teach me how to bake was an online academy originally. And then I was like, but I want a physical book. So how do I make this a book? So I took a couple of classes on learning how to make it a book. Um, But then that's when I learned photographers charge a lot of money for that. So I learned how to do photography. So I spent $10,000 learning photography. And then- You're my hero. You're amazing. You know, I'm always looking for a way to get through things. And so I published that book. That was cool. That was fun. And then I was like, um, the doctors at, at this point, we now know like the degenerative discs are in my neck and my hands don't work. Right. But they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. So mm-hmm. even though all these like great things were happening, I was like, physically, we still don't know what's wrong. And that's when I was like, I want to do something different. So people were like, you're so inspiring. You should like be a coach or something. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> Is there a program for that? So I Googled it and there was. I love that. Is there a program for that? <laughs> you know, if I'm going to do it, I have to be best. So there was a program for it. Um, and so I was enrolling in the school to get a doctorate degree in transformational leadership and coaching. Wow. But the requirement of the school was I needed a master's degree from them. And so they put me in a master's program of transformational leadership and coaching. So I spent a year in that and then the school closed and I was like, what in the world, what are we going to do? And so um, I went on a TikTok rabbit hole one night where this girl was talking about hypnosis uh-huh. and how you can use hypnosis with coaching. And I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> and so I just like Googled her and I was like, look, and she said she went to the school called Saybrook University. So I clicked it. And so now I'm enrolled at Saybrook getting a PhD in mind-body medicine so that my coaching practice won't just be, yes, I have textbook, textbook knowledge of coaching, but one of the things that I realized was a lot of people have a lot of limiting beliefs. And mm-hmm. I was like, how do I help you through that? Right. And hypnosis is one of the ways you can do it. So when I was looking at the programs, mind-body medicine is literally how do you use your mind and your body? to heal yourself. Uh-huh. So there's nutrition, there's hypnosis, there's psychedelics. It's a whole, it's literally a degree for alternative medicine. So uh-huh. now I'm getting a PhD in mind-body medicine. And at some That's point awesome. it's all going to come together. 
<laughs> I don't know how, but it's kind of fun on the journey. It is fun on the journey. So everything that I talk about, um, everything mindset wise, everything mindfulness wise, it's all backed by science. Mm-hmm. Oh clearly written a paper on it before I even open my mouth on it. Yeah. Which is why I think people like me mm-hmm. because you can tell I'm really smart, but I don't talk like I'm really smart, if that makes sense. So it's not like well, you're you know, down to earth. You're approachable. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so why don't we just try this? Yeah. Tell me if that makes you feel better. And then people are like, oh my God, that helped. And I'm like, good. Well, oh, you know what I think, you know how I think it can come together, Kim? How? You're such an entrepreneur. And most cookie decorators and um, bakers are entrepreneurs and we all suffer from imposter syndrome. I mean, all of us, Yes, we think, I mean, we compare ourselves to each other. We don't think that we're good enough. We, yeah. we every one of us does it. I was, um, <laughs> there's a very prominent chef in my little town where I, well, in the state of Kentucky, And she is the nicest person ever. And when I first met her, I was so intimidated. Not that she was intimidating. She is so kind and so nice, but I was just so intimidating. And um, I mentioned to her, you know, in this meek little voice, although I'm never really meek, that um, because let me back up. She and I were both invited on this culinary tour Mm -hmm. as the celebrity guests. And I thought, how am I? A cele- you know, I was on the Food Network, but why would I be a celebrity guest along with this person who yeah. is definitely a cooking celebrity? So I mentioned to her, oh, you know, I was on the Christmas cookie challenge. And if you ever want me to teach cooking classes or cookie decorating classes in one of your shops, I would love to do that. And she was so kind. And so I was telling my sister-in-law after the fact, I said, gosh, I was a nervous wreck meeting her. She said, Lauren, you're one of the most accomplished people that I know. <laughs> and I thought, I am. I am yeah. accomplished. But I don't think of, not that I don't have self-confidence and things like that. Yes. But, you know, when, you, when you're when you at home, pretty much by yourself, yep. doing your own thing, you compare yourself against everybody that you see yes. on social media. Yes. So we all have problems we all have problems with that, no matter how accomplished or what we've done. Yep. Um, so you can help people like me. <laughs> yeah, it's a, and it's funny you mentioned imposter syndrome. That's literally the latest blog on my blog. <laughs> really? And I, I'm also on Newsbreak. So I syndicate my blog post on Newsbreak. And of course it went viral. What is Newsbreak? I don't know what Newsbreak is. Newsbreak is, um, there's an app for, it's kind of like, uh, I'm trying to think what else pops up on my phone. Like New York Times, the way they like pop up with like breaking stories. Yes. Newsbreak does the same thing. Um, and so on Newsbreak, like it's it's really just a bigger search engine if people are looking for something specific. Oh, I write a lot in the business entrepreneurship mindset realm. Mostly everything that I put on Newsbreak is in that. So naturally, imposter syndrome went viral. Um, and, And I talk about I talk about it a lot without calling it imposter syndrome. This is the first time I actually use those words, uh-huh. but I talk about imposter syndrome all the time. And people are like, well, you don't like, you don't ever seem like you're nervous about anything. And I was like, for what? And I was like, people put on their pants one leg at a time, just like I do. And right. I was like, yeah, some people are more accomplished than me. Maybe. Maybe I got a whole lot of degrees. I doubt it. I doubt it, Kim. You know, it's one of those type of things. And I was like, I said, I don't necessarily, I don't compare myself against other people. I compare myself against myself. Yes, that's me. I think that's what I do more. Compare myself. I have high expectations of myself. I do too. (laughs) Yeah, that's a trauma response. It's okay. We can talk about that later. But it's that is definitely a growing up in the 80s and 90s thing. Uh Like our generation, you know, this is how they raise us, right? That we have all this education. But am I telling my kids to go to college? Absolutely not. Because you have to. And it's one of those things where prove it wrong. Like as a Virgo, we are naturally like Google it. 
like I'm always right, right? Like I'm not going to say something unless I know 100% that I'm right. right. And so I'm like, I use that to my advantage. So imposter syndrome is no different for me. If I'm like, man, I don't deserve to be here. I'm going to run down my resume in my head. Yes. And then I'm going to be like, child, not only do you deserve to be here, you you should be higher up in the ranks. Than right. You yes. And that's like, even the first time I taught at Cookie Con, this year was number two. Last year when I taught at Cookie Con, I never saw any of the other teachers at all. Like uh-huh. there was there was very little me interacting with other people. Right. And so this year I was like, oh, my God, my face is all over this stuff with all <laughs> these people who've been on Food Network and no yeah. one knows who I am and what's going to happen. And like, is this going to be a thing? And then I was like, girl, people just don't know who you are yet. Right. And that was literally like the way I had to walk into Cookie Con. Because if you look at my social media following compared to their social media following, not the same, but then I I had the best class. So, you know, it was one of those things where I was just like, I'm just kind of in my own little world. Yeah. I don't really, I don't really dabble in what other people are doing. I think that's the only child thing too. Yeah. Where I'm just very used to like, being me and not really worrying about what other people do. I think the other piece of this is I homeschooled my kids for a decade. Uh huh. And so I didn't have the comparison of where my kids were to other kids or other moms. Like I, we haven't lived in that world. Yes. And so for us, like even my kids, they're just like, why would I compare myself to other people? <laughs> like that is such a homeschool trait that you're just like, I homeschooled my kids too. I think, yeah, it's a different world and you have a different outlook on life. You do. I did. I didn't do it for a long time. I did it for, well, I homeschooled, homeschooled for four years. And then I sent them to a um, semi homeschool where they went to school a couple days and they were home a couple days. And man, that was hard, but it was such a blessing to be able to spend that much time with my kids. Yes. Oh, Because they're with you for such a short amount of time. And I look back at all the fun we had and all the crazy things we did and the experiments and the field trips. And man, I wouldn't change that at all. Me either. And that's how, and it spilled over into like at this point of my life, I'm like, my oldest is 21. My youngest is about to be 18. Mine too. Exactly the same. So now it's like, what are you doing for you? Like this yes. is your season now. Like what, what are you going to do for yourself? And so cookie con was like, I was like, well, I'm going to teach you this conference. It'll be cool. Yes. And then like my whole life changed. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> this is different. This is, this is not, you just taught a class. This was, you've changed lives. Like my right. DMs have been full since I left Cookie Con, and I was like, okay. My mother was like, all this from a photography class? Oh, it was more. It was more than a photography class, Kim. I said, they learned photography, but they also met me. Yes. And was like, okay, I get it. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just like the... the um the chef that I was talking about, she, she did ask me if I want to do it to do a class in this event. It's not really, it's like a cooking. I don't know how to explain it. It's like the old fashioned food network where you would go in and you would sit and you would watch someone and you would listen to their stories and you would drink and eat. Yes. So fun. Well, she opened one of those in our town. And so she asked me to teach a cookie class with her and it's sold out super quick, two classes. And I thought, okay, okay. I can feel good about myself. Um, because, and just to be associated with somebody of that caliber is is really a thrill. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I love everything about that. And that was (laughs) sparking some things in my brain. I'm like, I'm going to have to go research something when we get off this and see how I can make that happen in Atlanta. Because yes. It's fun. I mean, it's really cool. She sells out the minute she puts a class out. I mean, I'm not kidding you. Within an hour, they're all sold out because there's just not that kind of opportunity. There, Not that many people do that kind of thing anymore. And I think especially after the pandemic, 
Because it's not that far after people are still just yearning to get together and experiences. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I'd rather spend money on experiences than, than anything else. Absolutely. This podcast is brought to you by The Cheerful Box. The Cheerful Box is a monthly cookie decorating subscription that brings joy and creativity right to your doorstep. Inside, you'll find a unique collection of cookie cutters, a stencil, clip art, and a step-by-step tutorial on how to decorate all of the cookies that you can make with the cookie cutters in the box. It's the perfect way to indulge in your passion for baking and take your skills to new heights. So after you listen to the episode, be sure and check out the cheerful box. Don't miss out on this opportunity to receive a monthly dose of baking magic delivered right to your doorstep. So visit our website and check it out today. Now let's get back to our podcast. And that's one of the pieces that was one of like the the hardcore pieces in the the life coaching training. I'm not uh-huh. calling it life coaching. It was transformation coaching. Uh-huh. But it changed your life. Right. And they were like our weekly homework required us to have interaction with other people, whether uh-huh. it was, you know, your parents, your kids, like somebody, it didn't matter. And I was like, I don't like people. Like, I don't <laughs> want to do this. But because there was like such hardcore, like, this is your homework assignment and we uh-huh. have to do this. And we had to have hard conversations and we had to have community. And I was like, why? And they were like, humans were not designed to live alone. Right. And I was like, but I'm doing very well living alone. <laughs> and they were like, your life could be so much more robust if you weren't alone. And yeah. I was like, eh, I don't really know if I believe this. And my daughter ended up in the hospital for 18 days while this was happening. And mm-hmm. I was like, we weren't supposed to be there for three. That was it. It was a planned surgery. They were like, you'll be home in three days, five at the max. No, we were there for 18. Gosh. And the way the nurses would come in before their shift, on their lunch break, after their shift, they needed life coaching. And they would all tell me all their problems. Uh And I was like, what is happening? God was pointing, God was putting those people in your life, Kim, so that you would know what direction you needed to go into next mind blowing uh-huh. what was happening and I was like okay so I think I'm supposed to like do this for real <laughs> we, like you know we moved into the the whole PhD and all that stuff but when the nurses would tell my parents like when my parents came to visit and they were like your daughter has just like literally changed this entire floor wow and my parents like what are you doing and I was like nothing Like they come have a conversation and we just talk. And it was like, oh, when you let down the mask and you're just yourself. Yes. People aren't draining your energy. You are inspiring people without trying to inspire them. And because I don't focus on like once I learned the redemptive narrative, like, yes, something bad might have happened, but. Here's everything that follow. Like, here's all the good stuff. When you take control of your story and you can tell it to other people, then people are inspired. You know what I say all the time? And I believe this 100%. I believe that God has given us all a gift. And when you are living in that gift, you are Mm going to be successful. What does successful mean? For me, it means if I can help one person have a happier life, then that's what success is for me. And that's why I'm doing this podcast because I want people to hear stories and think, man, I can do it. If she can do it, if he can do it, I can do it. So what kind of of advice would you give if someone were listening that that is baking at home and thinks, man, I want to start my own something. What would you tell them? First of all, they need to get in your coaching group. Yes. So we have we have an open Facebook group like you can hop in there and and chit chat with us. Um, And I'll definitely give you the link. You can put it in your show notes. I will. Um, But then there's also the Empower Entrepreneur Academy. It has two levels. So the first level is seven dollars a month. That's it. Um, And it teaches people. This is definitely when I created it. It was for like the overworked mom. 
mm-hmm. or the out-touched mom. Like you have little kids at home, they keep touching you. And I'm like, <laughs> you're out-touched, dude. Like, not like you're like out of touch, but like yeah. literally people are always touching you. And like, how do you find that time to yourself? Because right. I didn't know how to do that when my kids were younger. Mm-hmm. And so now that I have the training to kind of guide people through mindfulness practices, that's where the $7 membership came from. And then my weekly coaching, which today is Wednesday, we meet tonight. Um, In that program, that was $97 a month. And that is literally women who had sweets businesses. And they were like, I want to do something else. I don't know how to transition. I don't know, like, how do I start teaching? How do we do this? Like, You've done all the things. What if I don't want to go back to school to learn how to be a teacher? How do you do that? And I'm like, well, I've already created curriculum. So that's awesome. You're changing this, people's this, lives. This yeah. yeah, I'm very much so. I'm I feel like Olivia Pope. Like I'm very much so a problem solver, like without all the drama. Uh-huh. And so when people are like, I'm stuck, I'm overwhelmed, I don't know what to do, you cannot say that to me mm-hmm. because I want to fix you. I want to fix your problems right now. Uh And so that to me is like, I don't know, it's like the fun of my life where I'm going to fix you. Like you can't tell me you're, why are you stuck? What has you stuck? What is it? And when people can get it out and then I go, oh, we'll do this, this and it. And they're like, how did you do that? Because I'm not emotionally attached to it. Right. Yeah. And so for people who are like, well, I want to do it, but I can't do it. The thing that got me to this point was I understood if I was doing something for my children, my children couldn't be the reason why I couldn't do it. So if I'm starting this business for my family, then my family can't be in the way of me being successful. Right. So these two things and that what that's what happens most time. People are like, well, I'm doing this so I can give my kids a better life. And I'm like, okay, great. So why don't we have a website? Well, because my kids' schedules are too much. That's not right. You can't blame the thing that you're doing it for. That's the same reason you can't get stuff done. Yeah. And once I realized people were doing that and I realized I was doing that, Mm -hmm. I was like, no, 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 no. This is the problem. Yeah. the reason you're doing it is also the reason you're not doing it. Right. You have to make this work. So that is how, for me, it made sense that my excuses were not valid. Right. Because that meant, can your neighbor pick your kid up? Like, do you, do you have to be at everything? And I was the mom who had to be at everything. Yeah. So if I had to be at everything, then that meant I had to stay up later. Right. We weren't going on a field trip or something like that. Something else had to happen if whatever was the most important thing to me. Like once you prioritize it, some stuff is busy work. Yeah. Prioritize what's important. Go to the kids game. You don't have to be at every practice. Right. You're not missing anything from the practice. Tell me about your podcast. My podcast is called The Positive Voice. Um, I love it because it allows me to be the positive voice in people's minds when they cannot replace the limiting beliefs in their head. Um, That's wonderful. That's wonderful. People need that. They do. That was the one piece that was missing in my coaching program where I just kept saying, choose a new thought. And they were like, if you tell us to choose a new thought one more time. And I was like, but it's really that simple. And for a lot of people, it's just not that simple to choose a new thought. Uh And I went, well, they all listen to my podcast every week. So what if I just tell them what they need to hear in the podcast? And so then it became the positive voice and it took off once it became the, it was the visionary catalyst. And then I was like, I'm going to rebrand this. Mm-hmm. When I started the PhD program, I was like, we're going to rebrand. And now I'm just going to give you positivity. I thought it was going to be very Zen, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to hear water in the background. That is not what happened <laughs> because that is not who I am. But I yeah. thought that's what it was going to be originally. I was like, I'm going to make a very Zen podcast. It is not. Uh-huh. It is not Zen. It's fun, but it's not Zen. Um, <laughs> unless it specifically states this is a mindfulness, like guided something or another. Uh-huh. It's fun. And it's a way for me to have like conversation like we're best friends. 
this is this is the podcasting is my favorite thing to do. Yeah. I mean, absolutely, because you get to reach into people's hearts and minds and and I get to talk to great people like you and man, it's fun. It (laughs) is fun. And I don't have people on my podcast. My son told me that was weird. And I was like, but I talk for an hour by myself. So good for you. I couldn't do that. That's what he said. He was like, but but like my I was like, if I had a guest, it would be like a two hour long podcast. Yeah. We'd be there forever. So we're, we were playing with the idea of a YouTube podcast, like a live one where people uh-huh. come on and then it's however long it is. So yeah, we'll, well, you'll do it. It'll be up there tomorrow. We'll go on YouTube and there it'll be. <laughs> you know, tomorrow's my birthday. Anything is possible. I want something on my birthday every year. I don't think it's going to be this. But who knows? I could get inspired tonight and be like, you know what? Let me call some friends over. Let's have a birthday party tomorrow and be live on YouTube. Anything is a possible. good idea. I think it's a great idea. It feels like it. I don't know if I'm ready to put the effort into it yet. We will see. That could change. Yeah. It could literally change in the next 12 hours. And I'm yeah, like, because it's still early in the day. It is. I could be like, oh, that was a really great idea. We should do this. You will get first dibs if I decide to do that. I'll let you know first. It'll be breaking. Yes. Well, yeah. I. I am so thrilled that I met you. You are just so much fun to talk to. And um, thank you for coming on. And thank you for being so willing to change our times around. And 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 for anybody listening, look at the show notes because I'll pop all of Coach Chef Kim's many wonderful activities in there. They're all there. They all make sense. We can fix your life. That's what we can Sounds do. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. Well, do you hear my dog? My dog's like, time to go outside. So I better hang up. They did good. They waited. They did, they did. good. They're good. Yeah. Okay, Kim. So good to talk to you. I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe to the Sugar Coated Dreams podcast on your favorite podcast app. Also, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. That way, all your friends will be able to find it too. A new episode will be released every Thursday. Until then, remember to keep dreaming big and never underestimate the power of a little sugar and a lot of passion. I'm Lauren, the Cheerful Baker, and your host here at the Sugar Coated Dreams Podcast.